Welcome back to Round Guy Radio as we have a, another candidate running for office. It's, we are on the phone with Helena Hayes of New Sharon. She's running as a, in the Republican primary to be a House rep in District 88, I believe. Welcome to the program, Helena. Thank you. So uh, uh, you're from New Sharon. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I'm not originally from this area. I grew up in western Iowa in a little town called Persia. But I came to the Pella, Oskaloosa area after I graduated high school. And I attended Central College and met and married my husband. And we have now been living in this area almost for 30 years because we really do believe it's a fantastic place to raise a family. And so, um, gosh, we've been married 28 years already. We have three children. I'm a grandma now. My, my daughter is married and lives in Beacon, and I have a son in college, and I have one in high school still. So I'm kind of on the end of the parenting spectrum now, which has been, been uh, exciting because I've taken a new direction in my life. Um, so, yeah, I've done a lot of different things. My degree is in environmental science and biology, and I started off as the um, – I did some work with the Corps of Engineers at Lake Red Rock. And then went to the uh, County, uh, County Conservation Board and was their county naturalist for several years before I basically um, retired early so that I could stay home with my children and raise, raise the family. And so I've been doing that for a long time. I teach private uh, homeschool classes, science classes, of course, chemistry, biology, physical science, things like that. And um, gosh, I've done and taught elementary stuff too in, in private classes and uh, been involved a lot with 4-H and all, all kinds of different youth programs in the county and and I've just had a wonderful time especially just serving the community over the years in the capacity of uh, especially with youth and children. So what so, what is <laughs> what's going on that's uh, that's made you decide that this is the right time for you to run for uh, house rep? Well last year in Pella, my, my experience, my, my desire to do this actually started with a single incident. I am probably like a lot of people right now who are observers to politics. They sort of watch from a distance and they listen, but they may vote, but they may not necessarily get involved in anybody's campaign. They may not necessarily... Um, oh, you know, run for any office or anything. But last June, we had an incident in Pella in which a 15-year-old girl went topless at the pool. And she did so because she identified as a boy. And, of course, a boy, she doesn't need to, you know, her idea is that she didn't need to, uh, you know, cover her top half. And as you can imagine, Pella parents and grandparents were in quite an uproar and that pool is run by the city council so the very next city council meeting was standing room only and overflow crowd outside and my neighbor called me up about 30 minutes before the meeting said she said hey you want to go to this meeting there's going to be a ton of people there and they're going to be discussing the pool and I said sure I'm not doing anything tonight so I went and I watched Person after person, mom, and then a dad, and then grandma, and another mom, over and 
over and over, go up to that microphone. You know how they do this at city council meetings. They have three minutes that they could address the council members. And one by one, they expressed their concern over what had happened. And what amazed me, at the end of that meeting, the city council voted to take no further action against this. And the reason why was because gender identity is in the Iowa Civil Rights Code, and it was put in 2007 under Chet Colbert, uh, his uh, time in office. And uh, as I watched that, I and I went to the microphone too, and I expressed some of my concerns. Very first time I'd even spoken at a city council meeting. I went home that night, and I thought, unbelievable. How unbelievable that you could sit there on an elected position and listen to it. Dozens and dozens of people concerned about your community come forward and, and then you say, we're not going to do anything about it. So that was how I began to turn my attention to things in the political realm. So I, I founded a, a group called Protect My Innocence. And we originally started out specifically for a bill, uh, House File 272, which was to strike gender identity out of the Civil Rights Code. It was drafted and, and submitted by Dean Fisher. And, and of course, he's in the House and, and still running, he's running for re-election this year. And we, we began a petition to gather signatures to ask the, the, uh, our, our elected officials at the Capitol to do something about gender identity because here we have a city council and now we know we have all these school boards and all these different entities that are, they have fear. They, they fear this, this particular thing in the law because they're afraid of a lawsuit and they don't want to come against it. And so because of these two words, they, um, they don't do anything oftentimes. And that's exactly what happened to the city council. So going back just a little bit, the Protect My Innocence group, we, we began to uh, inform citizens, mobilize people who would like to uh, do something about this. We began to take groups to the state capitol and meet with legislatures. We've met with senators. We've met with other groups up there like Moms for Liberty and different patriotic groups, freedom groups, um, health freedom groups, and began to see, here's the kicker, we began to see how pervasive this is across the state of Iowa. Almost every school district has some kind of issue or challenge regarding gender identity and transgenderism in the schools and in the public libraries. And so um, this is a huge issue. So we began to just make our mission about the sexualization of children because there is a, an assault on our children today. They, they, there's a movement to sexualize them at an early age, and there's not enough pushback against it. And we, as a grandma and as a mother and you, we are the ones that need to protect the children. Who else is going to protect them if not us? Because they truly are our future. And, you know, I've been studying a lot about this. And I'm, I'm sorry, you can interrupt me anytime. But, you know, what I've learned is that when you sexualize a child at a young age, you destabilize them. Okay, you actually... Even just by questioning their gender and, and putting those little seeds into their 
uh, fragile lines when they're they're very um, sensitive and they're easily manipulated. You put those little seeds in there, and you destabilize their very being. That makes them vulnerable to manipulation as they begin to grow and as they get older. And and I I heard you know Jeff Shipley talk in your last podcast about a lot of this, and he's spot on. This is a lot of it ties back to a Marxist ideology where the purpose, the end result is to be able to manipulate these people in political areas later on. So the idea that you can do this to a child and expose them to um, things that are harmful for them, developmentally, psychologically, even spiritually, uh, is just plain wrong. And I know Shipley is working tirelessly to um, push back against this too in the district just south of you. And so um, that's, that's how I got involved. And, and that's my main purpose. But you see this go into all kinds of other realms. So now we've got, so now we've got school choice. And when I say school choice, I mean the governor's educational savings accounts specifically. Her offer to fund the child and not the institution. Her desire that the money follow the student and not just be poured into the public school, but that money be able to be given to the parent so the parent can choose how to perhaps spend that on on other needs of the child, including uh, sending to a private school. So, yeah, that, that's sort of a long roundabout way of how I got into, into politics. And I'm running because as a lot of us have noticed, our elected officials, they're not listening to the people. And that's a shame because this is a representative government and they should be listening to their people, especially when it's on issues of, of deep conviction and, and traditional family Iowa values. Um, I don't believe my district, District 88, which includes uh, the eastern half of Mahaska County, all of Keokuk County, and the northern part of Jefferson, that's my house district that I'm running for, I do not believe that we are being represented accurately at the state house. And so that's why I want to be the voice of this district, because um, we got a lot of improvements that we could make. Well, uh, I think uh, there's a big... Uh a big yearning, a big uh, desire for some more moral leadership, for some more common sense driven leadership, some more uh, just, I guess, old school uh, philosophies that still really seem to work. I totally agree with you on the fact that the, all these ideas destabilize them. And one other thing I, I re- resent about it is every minute they spend talking about transgenderism to the to our kids is a minute they're not taught, teaching them about math and reading and science. And we seem to be falling behind in those areas. So I really applaud your efforts in, in this. Let's, let's talk about uh, why it's important to vote for you. If you like student, uh, if you like, you'd like to have school choice, if you'd like the parents to be able to decide where to send the school and have the money follow them, which would, I mean, in my wholehearted opinion, that would make the schools better. That would make them compete for the schools. It would make them listen to the to the parents. And uh, uh, it seems like it's something the governor wants to do. I think it's something the state of Iowa wants to do. I think it's something the parents want to do. 
but there's only one reason that we can't, and that seems to be your opponent. Could you uh, speak about that? Yes, actually. So my primary opponent, uh, he is the chair of the House Education Committee. And the bill was given to him by, uh, you know, the, uh, oh, gee, it was clear back in January, February, that that bill was given to that committee by Pat Grassley, Speaker of the House. That's who assigns them to the committees. And as the chair, you have the power to not let it into the committee or, uh, or, or allow it to be discussed and brought to a vote. The governor's bill on school choice was never actually brought into the committee at all. It sat at his desk or wherever for about two weeks, almost two weeks, until finally it was pulled from his committee and it was put in um, appropriations. It was put in the appropriations committee. Then from there, it did, it did get a committee meeting and it passed. And when it went to the House, if I remember right, it was then amended and only the transparency bill, which was a portion of what the governor's bill was at the beginning. So what that means is uh, the amendments took out the ESAs. And currently the Senate has passed the governor's bill as it was. And it includes parental rights, things about that, you know, like what the parents should be able to get for information from the school and what they should get to know, like who's coming to the school to speak to the class, uh, what books are they reading, uh, what reports do they have on the child, all of those things. What counselors have they seen? That's the parental rights section of it. There was also a transparency portion, which is similar to that, that all right, schools, you need to print and put on online uh, your entire library book sections and and um, what... Um, what uh, books you're going to be reading. And and it did not include, I just want to clarify, there was some ideas that, it, that, that teachers had to actually submit the lesson plans, like detailed lesson plans. And that was never in there, and, and that would be too cumbersome for teachers. So it, that's just not included. But then it also included a section on civics and, and history and constitutional information. And that was really good because, you know, a great way to take down a country is to change their history, you know, uh, change how you report that history and or not teach it at all and um, take down the Constitution. So um, that's a key part of it. But the biggest part is that ESA. And let me clarify, ESA, Educational Savings Accounts, are not the same as vouchers. So be careful when you use this language because vouchers go directly from the public school to the private school. The funds flow in a direct pattern, okay? Whereas in an educational savings account, which is how the, the governor's bill is set up, the funds flow to from the private school to the parent, to mom and dad, who then have full control of that money. They have a set amount of things that they can spend that on, including tuition, to a private school, or, you know, if they need counseling or extra help in uh, maybe um, uh, behavioral or whatever it is they need for their child, they can spend it on, on that. So the parent becomes the buffer 
between the private school and the public school because a lot of people, and this is including my my primary opponent, one of his greatest arguments is this could threaten the private school. Okay, we have an Oscaloosa, that we have Oscaloosa Christian School. And in his argument is this could put strings attached to that school. You know, and the first time I, I learned about the I've been following this all session and this is not the first session this stuff has come up, okay? It's, it, they've been working on this for years. Uh, I, I thought that was actually a good argument until I learned that the parent, each individual family, now becomes the authority on that money. So if there were ever strings attached, they are the ones that say, they're the ones that cut that off and refuse to accept that money. That private school is not directly affected, all right? So the way that it is set up in the law and we just had a forum last week, and one of our senators read specifically from that law how those private schools would not be affected. So it, we have to ease some fears that, that um, all of a sudden our Christian schools are going to be required by law, uh, by the federal law, to now start um, teaching gender identity or whatever. And here's an interesting part I want to point out, too, as you listen to the arguments pro and con for the governor's bill on school choice. One of them is that, um, you know, public money, or yeah, how do they always say that? Public money for, uh, you know, public money should remain in public schools or whatever. And many of our private schools already receive public money. And, and those are called the Title I funds, Title II funds, and Title IV funds. And what I've learned about that is that in a school district, okay, in Oscosa School District, any student, any school-age student is guaranteed certain funding that they, that they get no matter where they go, no matter if they go to a private school or if they open enroll out of the district, that money is reserved for them, Okay. So if they go to a private school, they may access counselors who are paid by the, private, the public school. And so you see that there's already a lot of that. In, in this, and the, what's amazing, too, is I've talked to the private schools. I've talked to Oscar's the Christian school and others that they don't fear this. They're not the ones that are, that are afraid they're going to be forced to do something they don't want to do because they understand the details in this. And so that brings me a lot of assurance because they should be the ones going, whoa, 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 no, we, now we don't want this. This is getting very scary. But no, they're the ones that are actually very, in, very much in support of it because they do understand the details. So when it comes to the governor's bill on school choice, it, there's a lot of things that that are being floated around that, that, uh, arguments that just don't hold water. Okay. And they're oftentimes used to put fear into people that, Oh, this is, this is something that, um, we shouldn't get behind when in reality, this is all about the parent always having full authority over their child. If they believe that their public school is not providing 
in a way or is not safe for the child or whatever reason that parent that parent is the first and foremost the, the biggest fan of that child okay you cannot erode a parent's rights or their love for their child they always have their child's best interest in mind and if they believe that they can provide something better for their child, by golly, I will not stand in that way. I will not stand between their their child and them. And so this is another option. There are other options, plenty of other options, for them to meet the needs of their child the best way that they see fit. So I'm I'm I am definitely behind it. I don't think we need to um uh restrict a parent's ability to provide the best opportunity for their child. Let me ask you something. Uh, how can our listeners follow your campaign or social media side? How can they get a sign or maybe send you a donation? How, how can they contact your campaign? Well, I do have a website. And again, my name is Helena Hayes. So it's like Helena, Montana, but, but it's pronounced differently. So... Uh, my website is helenaforhouse.com. That would probably be the easiest thing. That's a great place to just go read a little bit about me, see what I've, what I've been involved with for the last 25 years as a parent and as a community leader. And um, on there, there is a support link, too, if you'd like to contribute to my campaign. Um, yeah, so that would probably be the best way to go. I'm also on Facebook, so you can just check out Helena for House on Facebook. That's outstanding. Let me ask you. Let, let, let's let's move a little away from the educational issues. As you're okay. out campaigning and and knocking on doors and stuff, what are the issues that people are talking about? What what are Iowans? What what do you hear Iowans uh, wanting out of their state reps, and what issues are important? Oh, you know, I've been hitting a lot of doors, and I, I love it. I love talking to the people. Um, a lot of people, you either have, you know, two kinds. A lot of them just really aren't interested in politics. They're not paying a whole lot of attention. They're busy working and paying bills and raising families. So they're a little bit more disconnected. But then there is a large group of people who they're watching, but a lot of them are watching on the federal level. When I ask that question to people, what are your concerns? And, and oftentimes they say, oh, my goodness, what, what's happening in D.C.? I just can't believe this stuff. This is, And I struggle with that because I'm starting to tell people now, you know, you're right. That is great concern. But what I want you to do is I want you to turn your eyes from D.C. into your own community. Don't let D.C. distract you from what is happening in your own neighborhood, in your local school, and in your county, and in your district, and in your state. Turn your eyes back to here. We know that politics is always local, and local people have the power. You have the power, whether you're on the city council, whether you're on the school board, whether you're the dog catcher. You know, if you're an elected official, there's strength and there's power there. Those people should be listening to the community. So um, that's definitely been a concern. The federal, everything on the federal level, uh, all many, many times across my community, and especially as I get more closer to you, in, into the southern part of Keokuk County, especially, I hear a lot of times come up the whole, the whole gender identity, 
transgenderism issue in the schools. Definitely one of them. Um, medical freedom is still coming up. COVID, even though it's really everybody's kind of moved on, and people haven't forgotten what they almost lost in that and what could potentially still be easily lost if there's anything else coming down the road. So I hear that. Uh, those are definitely the main ones. And, of course, um, a lot of this stuff about the school choice. So, again, I just want people to know that this is truly, as, as an elected official, it is my duty to take the collective voices of the people to the Capitol. This isn't about my agenda. Even though I can't, you know, I have to consider my own, uh, what, my own convictions, you know, that, that I cannot vote against my own convictions, against what I believe about life and, and property and values of just, just people, you know, the constitutional rights that are given to each and every one of us, we are given those by God, and our Constitution protects them. That's my job, is to protect the people's constitutional rights that have been God-given. So I think we cannot lose sight of that, and people, whether they're local or state, need to keep that in mind. And I see that problem with my primary opponent. He seems to be... His objective is to, um, he's for the party. We're both Republicans, okay? We're both Republicans, right? We're on the Republican primary ticket. And the, the Republican platform, I love. I love the platform. If you guys can read it, go online, print it off, keep it in a binder at home, and just read it. There are some fantastic principles in that platform, including one of them being <laughs> that parents have the choice, you know, on, on schools and everything for their child which is actually what my opponent is kind of standing against. But, but beyond, the, beyond the party, don't forget that what I struggle with is my opponent is for the party. He, he's not for the people. So I want to make that distinction that I'm a Republican. I love our Republican platform, but I'm for the people. And I'm for their constitutional rights. And that's exactly what I intend to go up there and to do. So, um, yeah, those are some of the issues that I'm seeing as I keep hearing more. I keep um, talking to more people. It's been fantastic. It's been such an eye-opener. And I'm so glad that I've had this opportunity. Well, as often happens when we, when we get a guest on with as much passion as you and a, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, things to say and... Uh, <laughs> really, really willing to say it. We we run a little short on time. Can I get you to stick around for another uh, segment? Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, this is Round Guy Radio. We're talking to Helena Hayes, who is running for a house seat, and uh, we we have a little bit more to talk to her about. So we're gonna, if you can stick around, we'll hang in there for another segment. Thank you very much for listening. Welcome back for segment two of our conversation with Helena Hayes. She's running for a house representative seat now. Uh, I was brought to you uh, awareness of your campaign because, uh, frankly, we had a different. We had Jared Klein who was running ours, ours uh, from Kyoto, and uh, we we everyone in here knew him very well. And then he decided not to run, and the districts changed a lot. So uh, when someone knocked on my door uh, supporting you, I, I didn't know who you were or or that you were uh, 
right in, but he was, you know, I had a guy coming to my house, was very passionate speaking on your behalf. And then I started getting these letters, you know, uh, that was saying that uh, this Dustin Hyde, who I have no idea who he is, was uh, uh, against school choice and that he basically submarined the, the opportunity, the governor's school choice uh, options. And then I got a letter from a, a Democratic state senator that said, Dustin stands strong with uh, the Democrats and that he is a, a strong supporter of the teachers union. And well, frankly, I, I support the teachers and, and and we have fantastic schools in this area and I, I cover their sports and talk to the superintendents and I'm in the schools all the time. I, I feel like we got good schools and I support those, those teachers and those administrators and those coaches in particular, but I do not support the, the school union because I, I'm 55 years old. I haven't lived a day where I've heard them have a good idea yet. And if we listen to them, our schools would still be closed down, you know, and because uh, this remote learning is, is a, a fact that it did not work. And, it, and we lost a lot of education and we disrupted a lot of people's lives. And uh, I was concerned about that. And I'll have Dustin on the show and he can answer these same questions. But uh, those are things that uh, I don't think Republicans in this area of the state were, are really looking to jump on board with a, uh, a Republican House member that's a big supporter of the school unions and, and has tremendous support among uh, the, the Democratic Party in Iowa. I, I, I'm confused on that. Have you talked to him about those issues? Uh, about what issues? About what, what issues again? Well, uh, about how he stands with the Democrats uh, and he stands with the, with the teachers union. And uh, he's he's the one that, you know, like say that, that stopped us from having school choice. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. I, I received one of those <clears throat> flyers too. And, and that was a direct quote from a Democrat that says, Hey, Dustin Height stands strong with us. And it was a really good point because unfortunately this is, it's too bad that, you know, we don't want to divide down party lines, it's, it, but, but there is a lot of that. And there's a lot of manipulation and a lot of um, oh, coercion going on that uh, creates people who won't just take a stand for principles and truth. And for some reason, my opponent definitely is not taking the side of parents. And this frustrated me last Friday at our forum because he, he did straight up say, I am for school choice. That was his words. But what he meant by that was not what most people are thinking, that, oh, you support ESAs. You support funding the child. No, what he meant by that was simply the bill that's in the House, which has to do with transparency and some parental rights. He does not support ESAs. And... So we got to be very careful, and I, I, I just recommend to all of your listeners that when you're talking to your elected officials, be very candid with them. Be very specific. Go ahead and corner them and ask them how they feel about issues because, unfortunately, I have seen, <laughs> I have witnessed, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are going to agree with this, how they can slink around answers and not give you a straight answer on what they believe. And, and what they're going to vote on. So don't let people get away with that. Give, make them give you 
some clear answers and, and nothing like this whole, well, it depends. And, uh, what was frustrating about my, my, my incumbent is that he also, a lot of things, anytime you push against, um, Oh, like the bathroom issue. Like if we had the bathroom bill, basically, Hey boys, you got to stay out of the girls' bathrooms. Okay. You know, it's a very simple idea. He called that bill hateful. He called it hateful. And he said that he would not support anything like that in his committee. It would not be able to go through if it, if it went through his committee. So again, this is where the people, what do the people want? What do our moms and dads and family members want for their children at schools? And I'm pretty sure <laughs> that my voters in District 88 are going to say, boys, you can use the boys' bathroom. Girls, you can use the girls' bathroom. And it's not that difficult of a concept. So, um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, it, I, I'm frustrated with the, uh, and I know, again, a lot of your listeners are frustrated with the, the spineless action. They're, they're, they won't take a stand. They won't take a stand for very simple things common sense things like boys are boys and girls are girls and instead who 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 gets harmed in this our children the most innocent of us and so that's just not right yeah i i agree i i don't think it's right to give a gold medal to the 400th best male swimmer yeah and you know what? That was a that was a big national story. That again, that's a distraction. Look in your own school. Do you guys realize there's been a in our own district? This amazed me. I have learned so much about each of the schools around here. A lot of them are fearful. They will put a cat litter box in their school. Okay, they will because they're afraid that if they don't, you know, something's going to go down. Well, one of our school districts was willing to let go of a student teacher who was trans. I was a woman, and uh, and and dressed as a man and acted as a man and everything at the school. And so many parents came against that and expressed their concern with the school that they actually let them go from that job. And I applaud that school because what were they doing? They were saying, no, no. If you want your agenda, you keep it out of the school. You, we hired you. We pay, we're paying you to teach our children, like you said, math, science, and reading. It, you could do that kind of stuff outside of the school if that's your, you're an adult. We're not telling adults this, okay? We're not talking to adults here. We're talking to children and, and the parents who get to have full authority over their own children. So I applaud that school because they took a stand. They took a stand. And um, so many schools, like you look at Linmar. I know Jeff was talking about Linmar School District and what happened up there. Hundreds of parents. And what did they do? They did exactly what they wanted to do, which was ignore them and keep their own agenda. And so... There is a current, there is an underlying current 
going on right now to subvert parental rights in the schools. And, and I do actually hear that. I hear that from some people when I door knock. They say, well, you know, not all parents are good parents. You know that. There's people have addictions and they have mental illness and, you know, they just don't make good parents. And, and I think, oh, dear. <laughs> so now we're going to basically say that our public schools can be better parents, that's a very slippery slope. So, um, no, we cannot allow parental rights to be subverted in any way. I know there's always going to be struggling moms and dads out there. There's a lot of things coming against people in general. There are addictions. There are mental illnesses. Uh, but that is not an excuse to take away our responsibilities as parents. Well, we're talking again to Helena Hayes. She's running for House seat. Is it 88? Yes, House seat 88. House seat 88, basically most of Keokuk County, a little bit of Jefferson County, and half of Mahaska County. Is that correct? That's correct. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, if you guys are looking for a candidate that works hard, that's willing to talk to you, that's breaking her back in this uh, door knocking campaign to meet people and talk to people, you might want to give her a look. She seems strong for uh, parental rights. Uh, I know Jeff uh, Shipley was very strong for parental rights, and he uh, got a lot of uh, flack from the school uh, union and uh, uh, people. But he just said, he says, you're not the ones out here knocking on the doors, talking to the parents and listening to what I'm saying. And I think he he definitely did that. He, was, he worked really hard. He was in a district that was supposed to be uh, heavily Democrat, and he just through his efforts, he, he was able to pull out a couple of real slim victories. And uh, I think, you know, I think uh, you're you're kind of a modeling uh, some of what he did. Uh, we sure were glad to have you on the program. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? You know, I just encourage all of your listeners out there, please, please go to the vote. Go to the polls and vote. I mean, you know, I hear people say, what does it matter? My vote won't count. They're just going to, you know, it's just going to be fraudulent anyway. And, and these excuses, and I think, no, no, please do not forget, this truly is a constitutional republic. Your voice does matter. Do not dismiss that. And I cannot get elected if I don't have people go and show up at the polls and fill in that little black oval for me. If you don't, then you get what you've always had, which is a, 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 a substandard version of traditional values that I believe our district uh, desires and wants. And so, um, please, I just encourage all of your people to, to go. The Ju uh, June 7th primary, it's, it's like 21 days away. It's coming up. Matter of fact, early voting is already going on. You can go ahead and get it out of the way. So you don't forget, go to your courthouse and just stop in and do it. Um, of course, you can request an absentee ballot, or you can wait till the poll day on June 7th. So again, I just encourage everybody, please don't be apathetic. Don't just sit there and say, gosh, I wish somebody would do something about this. I wish somebody would step up and fix this. Well, we're trying. We are trying. So please. Figure out who is in your district who's going to fight for you and then go support them and vote for them. 
we've got people all across the state who are pushing back against establishment Republicans who are just sticking with the party. They're not, again, they're not fighting for the people and they're challenging them because they see you guys are not leading us accurately. So again, I just can't emphasize enough, please. And talk to your friends, go vote. Let this be a, a huge voter turnout year. It's not a presidential year. So, you know, they'll tend to be low. So, um, Turn out, turn out the vote. It matters. Your voice matters. Do you have a campaign event or anything that they could uh, come talk, talk to you or see you at between now and June 7th? Oh, I'm so glad you said that. As a matter of fact, yes, tonight in Fairfield at the high school. Uh, I won't be there. I'm so sorry. But part of your district uh, will be there or, you know, like Fairfield, the southern, the southern part will. That's Joe Mitchell and Jeff Shipley. They'll be having a forum tonight. But next Tuesday night will be the Jeff, Jeff and Joe, along with Dustin and I. Uh, that's next Tuesday night, the 24th of May, at 6 o'clock at the Arts and Convention Center. In Fairfield? So, in Fairfield, yes. Oh, okay. Well, I'll try and to we come already and had one in Mahaska County, so this is the cover, second one. Cover that event. Uh, if you guys are listening, I, I want everybody from, you know, we, we've had uh, Democrats running in the primary come on our show. We had Republicans come on our show. We're, we're happy to let anybody come on as a public service. We'll uh, give you an opportunity to talk and treat you with a little respect and try to uh, uh, let your voice shine instead of ours. So. Uh, I hope you felt like you were treated well on this interview. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, uh, we appreciate your time. Again, Helena Hayes, She's uh, if you're in District 88 and uh, you're wanting to uh, uh, express your voice in the, in the Republican primary, uh, I'm sure she would appreciate your vote. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you for being on the show. This is Round Guy Radio with a little election coverage. And news you can use that won't give you the blues. And thanks for listening. <laughs>